from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. If you've been following our podcast, you know that we usually follow the traditional Jewish Bible reading schedule and explore the weekly Torah portion on this podcast. But today, we're going to talk about the holiday of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is said in Hebrew, and in English you might say Hanukkah, and lasts for eight days and eight nights. I love this holiday of light, and as Christians with roots in the Jewish faith— This holiday is also relevant to you. After all, it's a holiday that Jesus celebrated as well. In this episode, we'll explore the story of Hanukkah and uncover its inspiring message of hope. We'll discover why the message of Hanukkah is exactly what we all need to hear right now, during this time and season. There are two things that make the holiday of Hanukkah different than all of the other Jewish holidays. The first is that it's the only Jewish holiday that is not mentioned in the Torah. This is because the story of Hanukkah happened in the 2nd century BCE after the Jewish Bible was canonized. But Hanukkah is mentioned in the Christian Bible. John 10.22 tells us that Jesus came to the temple in Jerusalem during the holiday of Hanukkah. The Jewish people have been celebrating Hanukkah for over 2,000 years, and it is considered an important and holy time on the Hebrew calendar. The other unique aspect of Hanukkah is that it's the only Jewish holiday that centers around the nighttime. During every other Jewish holiday, we spend a good part of the day in synagogue for special prayer services. We also have festive daytime meals, and depending on the holiday, we participate in the special activities of the day, whether it is the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, sitting in our sukkahs on Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, or even delivering food packages to neighbors on the holiday of Purim. All those things are done during the day. But everything we do on Hanukkah happens after the sun goes down. Jewish children go to school as usual for either some or all of the days of Hanukkah, and most parents go to work. But at night, when the sun goes down and it's dark outside, we light our Hanukkah candles and celebrate the holiday. My family will light the first candle of Hanukkah. We will make the special blessings and sing the holiday songs as we bask in the glow of the Hanukkah candlelight. My kids will sit on the floor in front of the candles playing with their dreidels, which are spinning tops that have Hebrew letters on each of the four sides. The letters are an acronym for the phrase Nes Gadol Po, which means a great miracle happened here. Then, we will eat latkes, the traditional potato pancakes that are fried in oil to remind us of the miracle of oil which Hanukkah celebrates. And we'll enjoy donuts fried in oil for dessert. 
But all of this happens at night. According to Jewish law, if we light our menorahs before nightfall, it's as though we didn't light them at all. The reason why Hanukkah centers around the night is because the meaning and message of the holiday is intrinsically tied to times of darkness. Another interesting fact about Hanukkah is that it always takes place when the days are the shortest and the nights are the longest, very close to the winter solstice. It also takes place towards the end of the moon cycle, when the moon is at its very smallest and the nights are the darkest. It's precisely at the darkest time of the year that we celebrate Hanukkah. And it's no coincidence, because it is only against the backdrop of darkness that we can truly appreciate light. And the triumph of light over darkness is what Hanukkah is all about. I'm going to tell you about the story of Hanukkah, which took place during one of the darkest times in Jewish history. During that time, the Jews in the Holy Land had been under Greek rule for well over a century. But things got even worse when the ruling Greeks decided to outlaw the most essential practices in Judaism, including the study of the Torah, the Bible, by penalty of death. In the past, other nations had tried to destroy the Jewish people, but this was the first time in history that a nation tried to obliterate the Jews spiritually. They were after the soul of the Jewish people, and the Greeks were very successful. Many Jews decided to abandon the Jewish way of life and embrace what they called an enlightened culture, the Greek culture. These Jews were known as Hellenists, and they turned against their Jewish brothers and sisters that stayed loyal to their faith. The small amount of Jews that clung to their beliefs and traditions faced enemies both from within and without. They faced the greatest superpower of the time, and also their own people who sided with their enemies. It was against this bleak background that the story of Hanukkah unfolded. Things came to a head when the Greeks demanded that the Jews sacrifice a pig to the Greek gods. A family of priests led by their father, Matityahu, decided that enough was enough. They began rebellion, and they fought against their Greek oppressors. This small group of priests and their followers called themselves the Maccabees, which is acronym for the phrase from Exodus 15.11, Mi kamocha be'elim Hashem, who among the gods is like you, O Lord. The Maccabees fought an impossible war, but that didn't stop them because they hoped and they prayed to God. Like the verse in Micah, Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. In those dark times, they turned to God, and he was their light. He was their hope, and God performed miracles. As we say in our Hanukkah prayers, he delivered the many into the hands of the few, the strong into the hands of the weak, 
And miraculously, that ragtag band of untrained Jewish fighters managed to defeat the greatest army in the world. That was the first miracle of Hanukkah. But the second miracle is one that you are probably more familiar with. After the Maccabees defeated the Greeks, they regained control of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. When they entered the temple, they saw how badly the Greeks had desecrated the holiest place in the world, and they were brokenhearted. But they didn't stay in that dark place. Instead, they got to work cleaning up the temple and rededicating it to God. This is why in the Christian Bible in John 10.22, we read that Jesus was in Jerusalem for the festival of dedication. Hanukkah is Hebrew for the word dedication, and the holiday celebrates the rededication of the temple. It was during this time of cleaning up and rededicating the temple that the Maccabees searched desperately for a container of pure olive oil so that they could light the temple lampstand called the menorah. But all they could find was one flask of pure oil still sealed with the stamp of the high priest. That oil was only enough to light the menorah for one day, and it would take another week to produce more pure olive oil. The Maccabees decided to light the menorah anyways, and God made a miracle so that the oil that was only enough for one day lasted for eight days until the new oil was ready. This was the second miracle of Hanukkah, and we commemorate it by lighting our menorahs for eight days, starting with one candle and adding another candle each night so that by the eighth day, all eight candles are burning bright. The truth is that the two different miracles, the military victory and the oil that burned for eight days, are really one and the same. They represent the triumph of light over darkness, of hope over despair. I remember years ago, I was at a gala event in Ukraine with my father. The event took place on Hanukkah, and my father was given the honor of lighting the menorah and saying a few words to the guests at the event. My father lit the menorah, recited the traditional blessings, and then addressed the crowd. He said, Why do we celebrate the first night of Hanukkah? The miracle was that the oil continued to burn for eight nights. But what was special about the first night? It wasn't a miracle that the oil burned for one night. That was natural. They had enough oil for one night. My father explained that the miracle of the first night was that the Maccabees lit the menorah in the first place. Think about it. It made no sense to light the menorah on that first night. What was the point in lighting it only for the oil to burn out 24 hours later. They knew they wouldn't have new oil for another eight days, so they could have just given up. What's the point of lighting the menorah only for one day, just to have seven days that it won't be lit? It had to be a continuous light. But the Maccabees made a decision. They decided to light it anyways. They dared to hope that something miraculous might happen. And it did. 
The same hope that drove the Maccabees to fight an impossible war was the same hope that led them to ignite a light that defied all odds. And that same hope brought about miracles in both situations. The Maccabees banished the darkness of despair with the light of hope, the light of God. My father explained that in that same way, it doesn't make sense that we can feed all of the hungry or take care of all of the widows or feed and care for all of the orphans. But instead of throwing up our hands in despair and giving up, we have to choose tikvah. We have to choose hope. We do what we are able to do, and God will help us to do what we cannot do alone. And that is the approach which has allowed the fellowship to grow beyond all expectations. It's what allowed us to reach almost 2.5 million people in need last year with basic aid. My father started the fellowship by providing aid to only a handful of people. But he dared to hope that one day we would help millions. And we have. Whenever we face darkness and hopelessness, we only have two choices. Either we could succumb to the darkness and give up, or we can fight with light. We can choose hope, choose God, and see that even when things seem impossible, anything is possible with God. I want to share a story with you about the darkest time in modern Jewish history, the years of the Holocaust, and how Hanukkah was celebrated in one of the darkest places on earth, the concentration camp. It was the first night of Hanukkah in the concentration camp, and Rabbi Israel Sapira was desperate to light the Hanukkah candles for the 500 people in his camp. He managed to collect strands of uniform fabric be used as wicks and shoe polish to be used as oil. That night, Rabbi Sapira gathered everyone together from his barracks. He lit the menorah and made the first traditional blessing on the kindling of the Hanukkah lights. Then he made the second blessing, which thanks God for the great miracle that he did. But when Rabbi Sapira got to the third blessing, he paused for a moment. And then he proceeded to say the third blessing, the Shehechianu blessing, which thanks God for keeping us alive and sustaining us and bringing us to this time. Then the entire group sang the traditional Hanukkah songs with tears streaming down their cheeks in this concentration camp. After the singing, a young man came up to Rabbi Sapira and said, Rabbi, something is bothering me. I understand why you said the blessing over the Hanukkah lights and on the miracle that God performed for our ancestors. But how can you recite the blessing of Shehechianu with such passion and thank God for keeping us alive and sustaining us? Look at us. Look where we're at. This is how he has sustained us. We are skin and bones. We are barely alive. Rabbi Sapira turned to the man and said, I asked myself this very same question, which is why I paused before reciting the third blessing. But as I looked up, I saw that the eyes of every person in this camp were lit up with hope and faith as they stared at the flickering candle. And I thought to myself, 
If during such times of darkness these people could be filled with hope, then I can confidently thank God for keeping us alive and sustaining us because it is precisely that hope that is keeping us alive and has kept us alive throughout our nation's journey. Hope is what keeps us alive. What a powerful story, and it demonstrates the power of hope. Hope gives us light in our darkest moments and gives us strength to overcome our most difficult challenges. I love this quote from Anne Frank, the girl whose diary survived the Holocaust even though she did not. She said, Look at how a single candle can both defy and define the darkness. And just as a single candle can transform the darkness, our hope, our faith in God, can illuminate and transform even the most difficult situations. Hanukkah is a celebration of hope against all odds, of light amidst the darkness. It's the hope that can carry us through hard times and bring miracles into our lives. According to tradition, when the Maccabees went into battle, knowing that they were outnumbered and outpowered, they would recite Psalm 91. I can see them looking heavenwards and saying, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I can imagine how the Maccabees felt the first time they saw the Greeks coming at them on massive, towering elephants, the ancient world's equivalent to modern-day tanks. The Jews had never seen such a thing before. But they turned to those elephants and said, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. At night, I can see the Maccabees saying, You will not fear the terror of night. And during the day, they whispered under their breath, Nor the arrow that flies by day. This is how the war was won. The impossible war was won. And when they entered the desecrated temple in Jerusalem and lit the menorah, even though they did not know how they would have light for the next seven nights, I can see them saying the words of Psalm 1828, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. They turned to God with that prayer and God responded. He turned their darkness into light. Today, when we light our menorahs, we remember the faith and the hope of the Maccabees and the miracles that God did for them. We are encouraged and inspired about what God can do for us too. But according to Jewish law, the menorah must be lit in front of a window where everyone on the street can see the light too. Because it's not enough to bring hope into our lives on Hanukkah. We need to bring the light of hope to other people also. On Hanukkah, we celebrate hope by giving hope. We celebrate light by bringing light to others. I want to share one last story with you, a family story that I only heard about recently. My family goes back 11 generations in Jerusalem. But my grandfather and his family moved to America because life in the Holy Land had become so difficult. People were sick and starving. 
Thank God my father was able to return to Israel in his lifetime, and me and my sister have both brought our own families home to Israel. But this story took place when our family first moved to America. By the time my grandmother, Baba Gitala, made the journey across the sea, my grandfather and his siblings were already settled into American life. Shortly after my grandmother arrived, she experienced her first American-style birthday party, something that they didn't do in Israel in those days. My grandmother enjoyed the party, and I'm sure having such plentiful food and delicious cake was something that she only dreamed about back in Jerusalem. But she was completely shocked when she saw her grandson blow out the candles on the cake. Why would you do such a thing? She said, we are here in this world to light candles, never to blow them out. My grandmother was echoing an old Jewish custom to not blow out candles. It is a symbolic message that our purpose is to add light to the world and never to detract from it. And on Hanukkah, the holiday of light, There is nothing greater than adding light to our lives and to the world. We start small with just one candle, but night after night after night, we add the light and our neighbors add lights too. So that by the eighth night, those candles are burning oh so bright and our hearts are full of light too. In Psalm 27.1, we read, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When we look to God, there is always light in the darkness. There is always hope. This week, how might you increase the light of hope in your life? And how can you bring hope to others? Can you light a candle with us this week in celebration of Hanukkah? You don't have to have a menorah to celebrate Hanukkah's light. And you don't even have to be Jewish either. Or maybe you can reach out to someone who needs encouragement right now. Maybe you can tell them the story of Hanukkah and remind them not to give up hope. And if you are in need of hope or encouragement, I hope that this podcast has brought some light to your life. If there is someone who you think might benefit from it, please pass it on. Just as one candle can illuminate a room full of darkness, Just one person can bring so much hope and healing to the world. And if each one of us can be a single flame in the dark, then together we can be a great source of light. Shavua Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in Jerusalem. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.